Amen. Can we play that song again, Amazing Grace, while we all stand on our feet tonight as we go into the world? And I want you to sing that song with meaning in your heart, remembering where God took you from.
Oh, amazing grace that saved us. Yes, we were lost, but now we are found. Yes, we were blind, but we can now see. Father, we bless you this night. Father, we thank you for the amazing grace that saved us. Oh, Father God, we would have been in hell today. Some of us would have died right now. Some of us would be in jail right now. But Father, we thank you for your amazing grace. Father, we thank you for your amazing grace. Father, we thank you. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I commit even tonight's meeting into your hand, O oh God. And I ask for the God that you anoint my tongue to be the pen of a ready writer tonight, O oh God. That you will write on the tables of the heart of your people in the name of Jesus. Father, we bless you. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give God some praise tonight. Oh, Father, we bless you. We bless you. We bless you. Hallelujah. 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 You may be seated if you can. Amen. You are welcome tonight to the midweek service. Amen. We've come to receive some spiritual steroids that can give us some strength to go on with our walk in life and with God. Amen. Um, I want to say thank you to Pastor Kelly in absentia for giving me the privilege to bring God's words to God's people and also Pastor Esther. It's always a privilege. Amen. I want to share with us tonight about a certain man in the Bible. This man, the circumstances surrounding his birth was very, very painful to his parents. His growing up was painful. Everything about this man was so painful. It was so painful to the people he relates with. It was probably painful to his community. And it was causing trouble everywhere he go. Everywhere he goes, it's causing trouble. Can somebody here relate with that? It's like when some, some people say that you are a pain in the neck. In the house, you are a pain. At work, you are a pain to your boss. Amongst your peers, amongst your friends, you are a pain to them. To the, to the police community, you are a pain. When you were in school, you are a pain to your teachers. And pain was following you all the days of your life. But there 
came a time in the life of this man, he decided that he has had enough of pain. He decided that he doesn't want to cause pain to anybody again. But he does not want to cause pain. The more he tries not to cause pain, the more painful he becomes to people and to himself. And it's like he couldn't get out of his pains. Let us look at what he did. Come with me to the book of First Chronicles, chapter 4. I want to talk to us about a man called Jabez. I titled this message, The Prayer of Jabez, Turning Things Around. You can turn things around. Somebody said that the darkest hours is just before the day dawns. Maybe you are at a point in your life that is like you are just about giving up. It's like you can't take it no longer. You don't have to give up. You can turn it around. It is not up to God to turn it around. Many people think that it is up to God to turn it around for you. No. It is up to you to turn it around for yourself. Why? Because when Jesus hung on the cross of Calvary and he declared it is finished, everything that you will ever need to set yourself free has been finished. God has completed the work of salvation through the cross of Calvary. First Chronicles chapter 4. I read from verse 9. Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. I bore him in pain. I can imagine Jabez probably was born as a breach delivery. Maybe instead of coming out with the head, he came out with the legs. That would was, that was, that was even be better. Maybe he came out first with the butt. And in those days, there are no seers. So, the process of giving birth to Jabez was so painful that his mother decided that no other name is he going to have because his name means pain. Was it Jabez's fault that his, the process of his birth was painful? No. But because his birth was painful, it was called pain. Was it your fault the way you grew up? Maybe you grew up in the wood. Maybe you had an absentee father. 
Was it your fault? No. Maybe you were abandoned and somebody else had to raise you and you had to be raised through pain. Was it your fault? No. But maybe your name has been called pain. Because your life has been so painful. Situations surrounding you have been so painful. Your experiences in life has been so painful. Even you yourself, because everything about you has been so painful, you have knowingly or knowingly caused pain to other people. I remember the story of um, a Catholic priest who was very faithful to his calling. And for some reason, he fell sick, went to the doctor, they ran some tests on him, and they discovered he had AIDS. This man was so bitter, was so pained, that he has served all his life faithfully, and he didn't know where the AIDS came from. And in his bitterness, he decided before hate kills him, before the, because they gave him some months to live, he was going to make sure that as many innocent people get hate. There are some people like that. You got yourself into a situation whereby the, switch, the situation was so painful to you the experiences were so painful to you and it was no fault of yours and because of the pain that was inflicted on you by your circumstances you decided you are going to take it out on everybody around you you take it out on the community you take it out on the nation and sometimes you intentionally take it out on the law you take it out on the police you take it out on everybody why? Because you are pain. Your name is pain. Your, your middle name is pain. So this was a story of a man who was born in pain. And he continued living in pain. But this guy has something going for him. Let's look at verse 9 again of First Chronicles 4. Now, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. What does it mean to be honorable? What does it mean to be honorable? Somebody who is honorable is somebody who comes to terms with the reality of his situation. You see, there are some people they are in denial. They are in denial. They are going through stuff. But they are denying it. Maybe they think that by denying it, it will disappear. This guy was more honorable. This guy, he took a real evaluation of himself. And he came to terms with the fact that his name is pain. 
and that his life causes pain to people. And he accepted that fact and by so doing the Bible says he is honorable. You see, 50% of your problem is already solved the day you admit it, that you have a problem. There are many people, they have problems, but they don't even know they have problems. Even if somebody tells them that I think you have problem, they'll say, no, I don't have that problem. It's like somebody who is proud and arrogant. Everybody around him knows that he is proud and arrogant. He's the only one who doesn't know. So the Bible says that Jabez is honorable. Honorable because he had a correct estimation of the reality of his situation. He is not in denial. Are you in denial today? Are you in denial today? Many things may make you to be in denial. One, you don't want to be like the Joneses. One, you don't want people to look down on you. You want people to see you that you are well dressed, but inside you are, you are rotten. You are afraid that if people know the real you, you will no longer be acceptable. Let us be. Is that, is that from space or something? <laughs> that sounds like an astronaut from the International Space Center. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. You see, some people may be in pain, they may have pain, and they decided that they are going to live and die in pain. Why? Because they cannot see a way out of their pains. You don't have to die in your pains. You don't have to continue suffering the pain that you've been suffering. Maybe from your childhood. You don't have to continue. Let me tell you folks, it starts in your mind. And it ends in your mind. Whatsoever you decided to do in your mind it is almost certain that you are going to achieve it whether good or bad come with me to the book of Genesis and let me show you God himself God himself said whatsoever you imagine to do that nothing can stop you from achieving it. 
Genesis chapter 11. This was after, this is the story after the flood. After God destroyed the whole world with the flood waters and he saved Noah and his children. And then they began to populate the earth. And God wanted them to spread across the surface of the earth. But the people decided to be in one place and build a tower of Babel. And listen to what they said in chapter 11.4. Let me read from verse 3. Genesis 11. Then they said one to another, Come, let us build, make bricks and bake them too thoroughly that they had brick for stone and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city, a tower, whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the earth. Verse 5. But the Lord came down to see the city that the, and the tower which the sons of men had built. Listen to what God said in verse 6. And the Lord God said, Indeed, the people are one, and they all have one language, and this is what they begin to do. Now, say now. This is God talking. Not an angel, not a prophet. This is God himself. God who created man. He said, Now, nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. King James Version says, nothing they imagined to do will be withheld from them. That means whatsoever you imagine to do, to become, or to be in your mind, if you hold on to it long enough, you will surely become it, whether good or bad. So maybe because of the circumstances of your birth, you were born in pain, you grew up in pain, and your life is full of pain, and you are called by the middle name of pain, and people call you pain because you cause them pain, and you have come to believe that you are pain itself. If you hold on to that belief in your mind, you will continually cause pain, and you will continually be pained. Does that make sense to you? God himself says that whatsoever you imagine to do, nothing will stop you from achieving it. So if you imagine that, well, I can never stop getting high. Even if you go to Jacob's ladder 10 years, you will still be getting high. If you imagine in your heart that I can never stop smoking. Even if you come to church seven days a week. You will never stop smoking. Why? It's a function of your mind. Because your mind is so powerful. Your mind is the creative center of your being. Whatsoever you create in your mind. You will have it. The Bible says in the book of Ephesians chapter 3, 
that even God himself took advantage of what he made, he created our minds to be. In Ephesians 3.20, the Bible says that whatsoever we imagine is that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what we ask, think, hope. The Amplified Bible says that whatsoever we creatively imagine, God will amplify it and cause it to happen. Does that make sense to you? Whatsoever you think about, God will amplify it and make it happen if it falls in line with his will. Whatsoever you think about that is not in line with the will of God, I can assure you the devil will amplify it and make it happen as well. Does that make sense to you? So, the choice is yours. So, what are you thinking about? Well, there's no way we're going to go through, through this divorce. If you hold it in your mind long enough, surely you're going to get that divorce. Well, I'm so poor, I can never get out of debt. If you hold it long enough, surely even your children's children will be paying your debt after you. So this was a story of a man who was born in pain. But what did he do? This guy decided that he is fed up with being a pain and he was fed up of causing pain. And what did he do? He turned it around. You can turn it around. Tell your neighbor you can turn it around. It's not up to God. It is up to you. Say to your neighbor, it's not up to God, it is up to you. You can turn it around. I want you to ask your neighbor, will you turn your situation around? Ask your neighbor, will you turn that negative situation around? I want you to ask your neighbor, or do you enjoy that negative situation that you don't want to turn it around? You see, some people really they enjoy their situation because they've been in it for so long that they feel insecure without it. Mm. Let me say that again in case you didn't hear me. Listen, listen. There are some people they are in terrible situations but they've been in it for so long that really deep within them they don't want it to change for the better because they will feel insecure without it. I remember I heard the story of a man of God who was in a revival and the unction for healing came upon him and he wanted to lay hands on somebody who was in the wheelchair and who has an oxygen tank and as he wanted to lay hands on that lady to heal her she said no please don't heal me 
The guy said, what? He said, don't heal me. Because my social security benefits will cease. Some people have been so long in their situation that they are no more honorable. The Bible says that Jabez was honorable. He was honorable one. He came to realize the reality of his situation. He wasn't in denial. And he was looking for a way to turn it around. So the Bible says he is more honorable than all his brothers. That will mean that it is likely that even some of his brothers are also a source of pain. But maybe they have not come to terms with their, with their own situation. Maybe they are not as worse as Jabez. But the Bible says it was more honorable. So now let's look at verse 10 in First Chronicles chapter 4. What did he do to turn his situation around? So let's look at the prayer of Jabez. And Jabez called on the on the God of Israel. Say call on the God of Israel. You see, deliverance ain't going to come to you until you call out. Until you call out to God. I'm remembering right now the story of the blind Bartimaeus or the blind man. He heard that the Son of God was passing by Jesus. And there were so many people on the entourage of Jesus. But this guy began to cry out. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy upon me. This guy was told to keep quiet. Just like your situations, we cry out to you to keep quiet when you are looking for deliverance. Have you been in a situation you really want to get out of debt and the more you try to get out, the more in debt you become? Why? Because the devil just manufactures some circumstances that, that takes you deeper and deeper. You understand? You want to get your relationship with your spouse on a better footing and the more you try to make it heaven on earth, the more the devil bring circumstances to make it hell on earth. So the people told that blind man to keep quiet. But he did not keep quiet. Let me tell you, a cry of faith will always stop Jesus in his tracks. Let me say that again. Jesus is coming is passing by. I tell you, a cry of faith will we catch the attention of Jesus. A cry of faith will stop Jesus to turn towards you. I can remember right now, the Bible says when the disciples of Jesus, when they were on the sea and there was a storm, and Jesus came walking on the waters, the Bible says that Jesus was going on his way. He saw them but he was just going on his way. The Bible says that he would have passed them by. 
but for the fact that they cried out. So because you are a Christian does not mean automatically that God will solve your problems. But God knows all the things I need. Sure he does. I don't know why he said ask and you shall receive. I don't know why. If he knows what I need then why is he waiting for me to ask? I don't know. But he said ask. He said, it is he that asks that will receive. He said, seek, you will find. The Bible says that it is he that seek that finds. He said, knock. It is he that knock that we have open to him. So the Bible says in verse 10 that Jabez called on the God of Israel. Who are you calling on to? Who, which God are you calling on to? The God of Israel or which God are you calling on to? Okay, let me put it this way. When you find yourself in a situation, let me say financial situation, who do you call on to? God or the banks? Somebody will say both. <laughs> That's a smart person. So I will call on God, I will call on the banks. <laughs> the Bible says that Jabez called on the God of Israel. Why did the Bible say he called? Why didn't the Bible just say he called on God? The Bible says he called on the God of Israel. Why God of Israel? That means he called on the covenant. He placed a demand on the covenant that God has with his nation Israel. That means Jabez called on the God of Abraham. He called on the God of Isaac and he called on the God of Israel. If you've been to the Monday classes, we spoke in the covenant class that God will do nothing except in response to a covenant. Let me say that I said it to them, they will say it here again. God is not concerned about your needs. Let me say that again. God is not moved by your needs. Neither is God moved by your tears. The only Christian whose need or whose tears might move God is a baby Christian. Just like when you have a baby, all that your baby needs to do is to cry. But when your baby is 10 years old, and that baby is crying instead of asking. What are you going to do? You will give some spanking, some whooping. You understand? So if you have been a Christian for some length of time, God is no more moved by your tears. So stop crying. Wipe Tell your neighbor, wipe away your tears. Tell your neighbor, can I give you some tissues for your issues?
<laughs> your needs don't move God. So if your needs don't move God, so what moves God? God is moved by his covenants. In other words, God is moved by his words. Okay, if God is not moved by my needs and I have needs, and God is only moved by his words or by his covenant, so what should I do to get my needs met? Go into his word and find where he promises to meet your need and place a demand on his covenant word where he promised you to meet your need, then when you begin to say those words to him, then he will be moved by your needs. Does that make sense to you? The Bible says that Jabesh called upon the God of Israel. He called upon the God of covenant. He realized that he has a covenant with God. He realized that if he comes to God based on his covenant, that actually any need he has will be met. The Bible says, book of James chapter 5, he says that this is the confidence we have. That when we have said a prayer to God, we are sure. He said when we have prayed according to his will, we have this assurance in ourselves that we shall have the petition we have desired of him. There is no unanswered prayer with God when you pray according to his words. Does that make sense to you? Tell your neighbor you can turn things around. You only need to pay more attention. Tell your neighbor you only need to pay more attention to his words. So the Bible says, and Jabez called on God of Israel. And what was his prayers? He said, oh, that was painful. You know, sometimes it's even painful to pray. Because you are in pain, to pray is even more painful. Say, oh God, that you will bless me. That's the first prayer. Oh God, that you will bless me indeed. That you will bless me indeed. That you will bless me indeed. What does this mean to be blessed? Oh, bless you, bless you. What does it mean to be blessed? The word to be blessed means to be released to prosper. To be released for everything you lay your hands upon to do to go well. To be blessed means when you are going and this is the way you should go and there is a wall, that wall should just give way. To be blessed means some, nothing will be restrained for you to achieve whatsoever you want to achieve. To be blessed means to be successful. Say, God, make me successful indeed. God, make me to do well indeed. To be blessed means to be well with you. God, make it to be well with me. And this guy cried out to the God of covenant. 
God said in Psalms 23, through David who wrote the Psalms, he said, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in the green pastures. Why? Because I'm a sheep. Jesus said in John chapter 10, he said, I am the good shepherd. He said, my sheep hear my voice. The voice of a stranger they shall not listen to. So David said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack any good thing. He makes me to lie down in the green pastures. What is a green pasture to a sheep? Food. Or having your needs be met. He led me beside the still waters. It didn't lead you to the turbulent waters. Why? Because a sheep cannot drink from a turbulent water. Then he restored my soul. He led me through the pathway of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil because his rod and his spirit comforts me. So Jabez said, Lord, please bless me. Let me prosper. Maybe prior to that time, anything that Jabez touches is destroyed. I remember there's this comedy we used to watch many years ago. That guy, another name for him, his name is Mr. Destroyer. Anything he touches gets destroyed. If you rent a house, if you are the owner of that housing complex, you are in trouble because it will destroy your house. There's some people like that, anything they touch is destroyed. And that guy is so is so fed up. Say, God, I want to stop being a destroyer. Say, Lord, bless me. Lord, bless me indeed. You know, this guy is saying, God, I don't want the kind of blessing that will last about six months. Have you had some breakthroughs before? Some breakthroughs, some two, three months. You're on the top of the world. You're you are enjoying it. Then all of a sudden, you just find yourself back where you started. You find yourself on ground zero again. So he cried out and said, Lord, bless me indeed. Then his second prayer, he said, enlarge my territory. Enlarge my territory. It means enlarge my borders. Enlarge my scope of influence. Enlarge me, Lord. You know, pastor preached a message some weeks ago from Isaiah 54. He said, be ready to expand to the west and to the east. The Bible says that lengthen your cords and drive your stake deeper into the ground enlarge the place of your habitation this guy said Lord I want you to expand me I want you to enlarge me 
Maybe as at that time, it was so painful because his middle name is pain that no woman will even look at him. He said, Lord, expand me. Let me get married. Let me have kids. Let me have friends. Let me have family. Have you been in a situation that you are so bad that you have no friends and families? Nobody wants to be your friend because you are such a bad kid. You are such a bad influence. And said, Lord, please extend my borders. Make me something in life. And in his next prayer, I said, let your hand be with me. Let your hand be with me. The Bible says in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 37, I think verse 27. That's one of my favorite scriptures. It said, underneath you are his everlasting hands. To me, what that means to me is this. The lowest I can ever fall is the hands of God. Because this is me in space and God is, God's hand is beneath me. So if I make a mistake and stumble and I fall, I will fall into his hands. I, rem- I know, I know, I know, I know you know the scriptures. The Bible says in Hebrews, um, is it uh, 11.29 or 10.29, the last verse somewhere there. It says that it's a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God. It's a terrible thing for a sinner. It's a terrible thing for an unrighteous person. But David said, Lord, let me fall into your hands. But don't let me fall into the hands of men. Because I know that I will find mercy with you. So the Bible says that underneath you are the everlasting hands. That means the lowest you should ever fall is to, into the hands of God. And the Bible says somewhere that God loves you so much that he has engraved you on the palm of his hands. The Bible says that you are the apple of God's eyes. He says that he that touches you touches the apple of my eye. He says somewhere else, he said, you are, he said, God is a wall of fire round around me, round about me. Another place he says that as we have large mountains surrounding Jerusalem, so has God surrounded those that he loves. The Bible also says that the angel of the Lord is encamped round about those who love God. So Jabez is saying, God, <laughs> I want you to surround me. I want your hand to be with me. And he said, I want you to keep me from evil. You see, some people are, <laughs> let me coin this word. Some people are evil-philic. Some people are evil-philic. Let me explain. Evil, you will all know what evil is. Philic means to like. Some people, they will sit down and evil will be attracted to them. Some people, the devil has... Let me, let me give you an instance. A woman. She doesn't want to commit immorality. But the devil has put something on her that she will attract immorality. It could be the other way around. 
some people are so trouble prone that wherever they are, trouble will find them. Can some of you relate with that? You just find a way to get in trouble all the time. It is the day you drive with an expired license that the police will catch you. It is the day that you go five miles above the speed limit that a paratrooper will flag you down. It is the day you ask your friend to borrow his car that that car will knock. Or we have an accident. <laughs> so Jabez said, Lord, please keep me from evil. You see, when Jesus even came and he was teaching his disciples to pray, one of the prayers is deliver us from evil. That means, even Jesus himself said in Matthew 6, he said that sufficient for every day is the evil thereof. That means the devil has planned enough evil to befall you every day. That's what Jesus said. He said sufficient for every day is evil thereof. That's why I said don't bother about tomorrow. If you can go through today, oh, praise God. <laughs> because if you know the plans that the devil has for you today, Wow! You'll be a dead man before 12 midnight. But thank God for his grace that covers us. So Jabez said, Lord, let your hand be with me for good and keep me from evil. Then the most important part of his prayer he said, Lord, that I may not cause pain. that I may not cause pain. Can you imagine what this guy's life was all about? For him to pray this kind of prayer. That's what the Bible says. The guy was honorable because he realized that it was a pain. It was a pain for a lot of people. Starting from, from the womb. Ladies, have you carried some pregnancies? That a pregnancy for nine months, you didn't even know you were pregnant until you went to the hospital to deliver your baby. Then there will be a particular pregnancy that from the day one till that baby comes out is pain. Many a time it's because that baby is a child of destiny. And the devil is trying to create jabish, a, a jabez out of that baby. You know, some, some mothers went through so much pain that when that baby was born, they ate that baby. Does that make sense to you? They went through so much pain. It was during that pregnancy that they had also kind, all kinds of troubles. It was during that time that their husband left them. It was during that time they lost their house, they lost their family, they lost everything. By the time that child came, they don't want anything to do with that baby. Because the devil wants to make a Jabez out of that baby. 
But tell your neighbor you can turn things around tonight. So Jabez said, Lord, that I may not cause pain. And what's so beautiful about this verse of scripture is the last part of that verse. It says, so. Say so. The Bible says, so. God granted him what he requested. Isn't that wonderful? Let us rise up on our feet tonight. Aren't you tired of what you're going through? Aren't you tired of that pain, that area of your life that has been so painful? You want to break free. The more you try to break free, the more entangled you become. Aren't you tired? Let's do like Jabesh. Let's cry out to God tonight. Let's cry out to God tonight, the God of Israel. He said, if you call upon me on the day of trouble, he said, I will listen. He said, whatsoever you ask in my name, the Father will do for you. It doesn't have to be the way it is right now. You can turn it around. God spoke to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. He said, Joshua, he said, your success is not, does not lie with me. He said, I've given you all you need to succeed. He said, this is the way. He said, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. You shall meditate in it day and night. So that you may observe to do all that is written therein. Can you put this up there? Joshua 1 8. That you may observe to do all that is written therein. Said, therefore, thereby you will make your way prosperous. You will make your way prosperous. Folks, sometimes, really, how I wish there's a shortcut. How I wish there's a way out of this thing without prayer, without reading the word, without meditating on scriptures. Listen, folks, there's no drive-through. No drive-through out of pain. You have to go through the process. He said, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Your mouth. Your mouth. What is in your mouth? Oh, I'm jacked up. Believe you me, you'll be jacked up. Oh, you are retarded. Believe you me, that guy is going to be retarded. <laughs> oh, you silly one. Believe you me, that girl, that baby is going to be silly. What's in your mouth? He said, what should be in your mouth is a book. What is this book? Covenant. He said, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that thou, 
that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. So who is to blame for your failures? Say me. So and who can change that to success? Me. So you can see it's not the fault of the pastor. It's not the fault of your parents. It's not the fault of your boss that has not given you a raise. It's not the fault of your landlord. It's not even the fault of your boss that has not paid your wages. It is your fault. Why? Because we have not been meditating on the word. So I just want you to begin right now. Take a moment. Close your eyes. And begin to call to your mind those areas of your life that has caused you pain. 